Yes, Father God, indeed, the war goes on, and we declare this day belongs to you, that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven. Nothing has changed. We still love you. You're still with us. We're all in this battle together. So we pray that those who are listening to us as beginning today and in this new year, that you will encourage our hearts, God, to give us truth, freedom, and breakthroughs, that your word is true, and may your word, as it is true, become true and powerful in our lives. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. I thank you. You did not uh, step back from what was the, um, the, the, t- the task of dying in our place. Thank you for standing in our place, taking the death sentence for us, Lord God. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful also through the power of our, your Holy Spirit to complete the work you have begun in us. So let us rest in that fullness and the promise of your word that you do not lie. And thank you, Lord, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, power to bind and loose, power to forgive and love. Even our enemies, we take authority over the enemy today and this this year that would try to uh, sabotage, that would try to hinder, delay, cut off, destroy, uh, scatter the word of God, the, the will of God, the people of God. We bind and forbid him in every way that we can Uh, from what he is intending to do and declare that the will of God be done. I thank you also, Lord, for the divine favor and blessing to give us sound minds, clear minds, quick minds, and that the enemy cannot obstruct our minds with deaf and dumb spirits and chaos, fear and confusion, Father, that we'd be clearer and sharper and more uh, targeting what you have in mind, knowing and understanding your will than ever before in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We stand and and hold on to those words because of the power of your word and that you, again, do not lie. I thank you for giving us that favor and that blessing. I thank you for your wisdom and counsel. I thank you for each one here that you quicken their hearts and bring them to the place of truth, deliverance, and freedom. Amen. Well, good morning. And again, a sort of a happy new year. We're already kind of into the new year. How are yeah, you today, honey? Well, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We've got a very uh, how can I say it? Interesting. Uh, I would say kind of a hot topic and one that's not really addressed very much. Yeah, you know, I woke up this morning thinking about this is what came into our mind. And oftentimes when we prepare these shows, we talk about it the night before, but we don't really settle on anything. And in the morning, something seems to pop into our head from the Lord. And so we run with it, and it, you know, we throw together something in about I don't know an hour or so, <laughs> probably between the two of us. So, but anyway, this is called living with other people's demons, a subject that most of us live with, but no one talks about. And I've never heard this subject ever talked about. Although there's tremendous examples in the Bible of people, and we'll get to that later, of who had to live with other people's demons. And so it is a very scriptural uh, context and 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 content, although people don't talk about it. Yeah, I remember years ago seeing a book, I think it was entitled something like Living with Difficult People. Oh, well. And that's as, I'm not that's sure. An I never read the book, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's typical. Yeah. For what we, but so let's be frank. A lot of us, if not all of us, uh, have difficulties in this life that come through relationships. And 
um, yeah, we have health problems. We have um, financial difficulties. But the traps and the snares that come upon us the most are because of other people's unresolved fear and the ever-present demons that attack all of us through each other. Um, that is the most binding and destructive and, and uh, difficult, I would say, of all the snares and situations. People get enmeshed. They feel obligated. They feel dependent on others. They're, they need to be controlled or they need to control. They're entangled. Um, the, the ropes of love is actually what the devil is using to catch people in these snares and make people do what they do not want to do. You know, we need one another. We, we need to be loved. We need to be accepted, etc. So Romans 7.20 is a, a very good starting point where Paul is actually talking about this very thing. And he says, it's not me. It's not me. It's the sin that dwells in me. If I'm doing what I don't want to do, it's not me. It's, and so you have to kind of redu- reduce that down. And what does that sound like? If it's not me, it's the sin that dwells within me. Well, it's sin, and and basically, sin is is like an entity, right? It's I not know. just a behavior. It starts yeah. an, an, an an entity. That's a hard spirit. To say. Yeah, it's a spirit. But what happens is too is that what we think of as sin, sin is really a it's a activity center for demons absolutely and, and so, absolutely and, that's exactly what it is and you think of it but you know we don't like to you know people casually refer to oh i've got you know these are my demons and referring to my you know, yeah bad, a pet my pet my pet bad things you know my bad my, personality or yeah, my, this is the my, way i my uh, I chalk it up my, to my habits and yeah. something like that but most of the time people don't Really? really think about in terms of uh, uh, biblically a real that deal. we have demons Spirits. and we live with other people who have demons who have demons That's in right. their lives. So the demons can be inside you or outside you. They can be attacking you from outside. They can also be um, attacking you through other people's demons or they can be some from that are operating within you. So it becomes a real cauldron of difficulties where we're controlled and manipulated. And sometimes a lot, almost all the time, I would say maybe 100% of the time, this makes us angry because it's not right. It's not fair that other people should have this power to control us or cause us to do what we don't want to do. Um, and, but the devil is very clever uh, to, to you actually use this situation of enmeshment, um, dysfunction to siphon off our life liberties, our gifts, our anointing, our fruitfulness, our potential by surrounding or infesting us with the fears of others. Um, who actually use our lives to devour our lives to protect their lives, and they use um, our resources to supplement theirs. So behind them using their their resources, their activity, their behavior to kind of drain us or attack us. Behind that, there's demon powers, right? Who are demon spirits, yeah. and again, demon spirits. They're disembodied evil spirits with intelligence, personality, Mm -hmm. and appetites. Mm -hmm. So those operate through us. You know, we're, and all of us, to one degree or another, have that activity in our lives. Even once we come to know Christ, Mm -hmm. there can be still strongholds of demonic activity. Yeah. That, that the Lord wants to, you know, tear down. Coming to Jesus overcome. means you're now saved. It doesn't mean you're sanctified totally. You've got to get that house cleaned. And a lot of that house cleaning happens to be getting out these activity centers of the demons. So I would say that fear is the glue that holds this dysfunctional mess together. Fear, their fear, our fear. I, 
I've, I've got to have him, her, them, whatever in my life to survive. I'm not willing to trade my freedom. Uh, well, it's, wait, wait, wait. I am willing to trade my freedom and my identity and my calling and my health and my life for safety, security, for public and private acceptance of those I fear. Of the, I'm looking for their approval. This is like idolatry, those I'm afraid to confront with the truth. So I become a servant to the lie by listening to other people's lies or being afraid to confront or stand up for the truth. So how do we disengage in this death by drowning some people, you know, they they have names for this, Jerry. They have, like, you know, we all call it narcissism, witchcraft, uh, you know, codependency, whatever you want to call it. But some people divorce. They can cut off the relationship through a legal means, divorce, get away from, you know, geographic changes in their lives. How many children move far away, far, far, far away from their parents to get away from them to the coasts if they're born in the middle of the nation. They, you know, it's a geographic. We're going to try to get away. Um, some die. Um, so we have all kinds of people, actually this whole society is being gaslit now that we all know that term, being blamed for other people's bad things. And the devil blames us and uses us to blame one another. Um, we're taught to blame each other, to find someone to have the responsibility, take the responsibility for this bad thing. Um, and we also make excuses for not telling the truth or walking in the light ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you think of the, uh, even, you know, in leadership, you know, political leadership where there are basically, you know, tyrants that are um, uh, empowered by the enemy that that mm-hmm. influence us that, you know, and, and rivals in the political realm, uh, you know, they blame one another you know, well, you know, you- for, for what's going on. Well, yeah, because we're we're like so it is a form of idolatry, really, of uh, bearing and believing, bowing to the lie rather than telling the truth. So even though we get mad, uh, we're afraid that they'll get mad at us. Uh, and so many of us have been trained up as children to be afraid that we're going to get in trouble or be blamed. So this is exactly what happens in our vulnerable life situations where. Satan sets up a lack. He sets up need. We need other people. We need help. We need to be careful. We need, really, love would cover all of this very well. But when fear is in the mix, then it's not about love. It's about control and trying to get what I need, regardless of what you need. So it becomes just this vicious cycle of hurting people and being hurt. Um, You know, even being born, just born into this snake pit, really, literally, it is a snake pit, it's a bottomless pool of slime. Some people are born like Jerry's on the deep end of the pit. You know, they, it's not their fault. They weren't even, they didn't, we didn't even ask to be born. But it happens to be the, the place where God has placed us in order to bring forth his testimony in us. And there seems to be no sure footing, no escape. Um, this tender little child is born right into the middle of this mess. Yeah, it's, you know, here, it's like here we are. And mm-hmm. I mean, we, we didn't choose our parents you know, if our parents got all kinds of uh, spiritual issues, mm-hmm. dark issues, generational curses, we're, we're yeah. affected by that. Uh, yeah, you know, and 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 can be destroyed by that. Mm-hmm. And there's the frustrating part of that. Something is that 
you know, what is, what is, uh, how does their sin affect me? Yeah. Right. Well, it's not fair. And what do we do about it? It's and like, it, what does a, a, a young child do yeah. if their parents are screaming at them all the time? Uh, what can uh, they do? You know, not taking care of them, not feeding them properly, stuff like that. What does a child do? What See, are they they're, learning? They're living with the, the, their, their parents' demons. demons and, yep. and, and they are, they feel very powerless. Oh, actually. And they get bitter, resentful, mad, rebellious. Uh, rejected, hurt, and then we wonder why they run off and do these terrible things. You know, not everybody's born in that situation as desperately as others. There's a lot of variation in the generational lines and legacies. But bottom line, no matter where you're born, you have no excuse because God is the one who's faithful to bring you out of that mess. So if you're in a deeper part of the pit, God is responsible to bring you out of the deeper part. And if you had an easy time of it, then more is going to be required of you, as the Bible says. So, um, so, but love is the antidote to fear in every situation. And truth is the remedy for bondage. Truth equals freedom and, and love sets us uh, free from fear. So, um, so Ephesians says, says uh, I think it's chapter 4, 15, speaking the truth in love offers them a way to grow up. But not many people speak the truth in love. So this isn't happening. Most people are not growing up. They're drying up. Um, they're dying uh, you know, the Bible says, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Uh, of course, we know that's the golden rule. But that requires a lot of courage because a lot of times you're going to be doing the right thing and there's not going to be doing the right thing. They're still going to be doing the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, if you look at this whole uh, spiritual aspect of this, and which is, of course, what we have to look at, the spiritual is the root of the emotional, the mental, mm-hmm. the physical, and all this. Um, Paul talks about in Ephesians 2, verse 1, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the, what, course of this world. world. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what we were talking about as yeah. the snake pit. Well, yeah. According to the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Satan. They're one who rules things. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Mm-hmm. So uh, among whom also we all, Mm-hmm. We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. So mm-hmm. there's, there a, is. there's a spirit that's working in all of us. Uh, in this world, to the God of this world, in, to the in, prince in of the power world. of the so, air. So mm-hmm. here we are, but then the Lord came mm-hmm. to deliver us from this present He gave us an option. Mm-hmm. He did. You know, he, he loved us. He's made us alive he, he's, he's he's brought us into a, a, a new realm but at the same time there is that for us individually there's that what we call sanctification process where mm-hmm. where we are progressively he must increase i must decrease free, yeah right mm-hmm. from these life controlling problems uh, spiritual issues that have bound us and, and and keep holding us back if we and, allow them yeah. to continue. And God is not willing that any should perish. So really what he's requiring us to do, if you're free or set free or know the truth, he's requiring you and I to have a courage and use his divine assistance because we know that the golden rule is the golden rule. And we know that also there is none who is good but one, and that is God. But we're still off, offered by God the opportunity to love one another and many opportunities to forgive one another, although we don't see that forgiveness opportunity as much of an opportunity. Um, we are called to love them as we love ourselves, but there are, there's, there's another part to the problem. 
we don't love ourselves. We don't know ourselves. We don't care. We, we have been told and taught to do what we're told to get along and, and, and to go, go along and get along. You know, we're just, Satan wants us to be robots, mindless, you know, consumers of his endless tray of poisons and lies. And one of the lies is that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. What what we see, like a young child, as we mentioned, they seem to be very you know, powerless to do anything to change their parents. Uh, we seem, in, in in the in in the even in the political realm, we seem powerless. Powerless. To, to, to what do we do to change things? Well, is that our call? Is there a call or command to change things? Did Jesus say to the disciples? change the world or did he say preach the gospel and that will change the yeah, world he said pre- he said preach the gospel mm-hmm. and certain things so so we are in this world opportunity we need to we live <laughs> in a wonderful with with uh, opportunity. other people's demons that have a lot of influence on our lives so, or, or so try we, to we kind of in a sense uh, not just coexist we're not going to overcome every demon principality and power on mm-hmm. earth but how do we do that here. how do we how do we succeed how do we prevail how do we win in this battle first of all we have to acknowledge that there is a battle second of all we have to acknowledge that there is a real spiritual component to this battle it's not all just people's bad behavior and they can ed- be educated and trained to stop doing this right. and that because that has never worked never worked um we've second third whatever we have to put god back in this equation to think about him and what he would like us to do or not do. Um, and we again, putting him first. He, he is the one we're here to fear and please, not other people. We're, we're going to stop practicing the idolatry of fearing the opinions of others or their judgments or trying to live underneath their demands um, rather than fearing and seeking the, the will of God to follow him and obey him. Because there's going to be a time coming when they're going to command and demand that you take this or that a uh, significant choice, make this, worship this, take this, drink this, do this against God. It'll be set up as you do this and you're actually like Eve, you're in that garden spot. Okay, you do this and you're you're out. <laughs> you're done with the game. You're out of the game. And so um, we have to be courageous to, stay, to put God first and say, thy will be done, O God, not mine, to live as Christ. So how can I love my neighbor and be courageous to tell him or her the truth um, if I do not love myself, if I do not fear God. You can't. So you have to start with yourself. Thank God you can start with yourself because that's the only person you have any power over in the first place. Mm -hmm. To start with yourself, um, to tell yourself the truth. And that means forgiving yourself. Like, okay, we made a lot of mistakes. We bit a lot of nasty hooks the devil had set up in us. us. And we have to remember, I, I... you know, the world pushes you, take responsibility. You can do it. Make the changes. Make a better choice. Blah, 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 blah. Jesus said of himself, and I would say that's also true of me then, I can of my own self do nothing. I must be led, led out of this captivity by the Lord who is my protector. So it's your deliverance is really a, a, a rescue in a way, out of the captivity of being held in the bondage of fear and anger, injustice, other people's demons, um, danger, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, He is the one who's responsible to take care of us and deliver us from our enemies who are too strong for us. And he already knows who those enemies are. He knew that from the foundation of the world. Yeah, and we have to separate the people's demons from the people themselves. Yeah, right. We have to recognize that as well. But 
The frustrating thing is for us is that the, Jesus gave us as his people the authority to cast out demons. Right. All right. Uh, that's what he said. That's one of he our, must have figured uh, we need we'd need it. We would need to do that. Yeah. But the frustrating part is, is that when we're living with people, uh, with other people's demons, and when we can't we can't cast them out, not because we're weak, but it's just like they're well, not they have willing. A will. mm-hmm. They have a free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're 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 stuck in. So it. you have to de- so decide. So you have to decide who you're you going to serve. Who who are you right. going to serve? Them fear or the truth and the lord and this is where freedom comes in that courageous move that thy will be done O god you know if it cost me my life which it might if it cost me my comfort zone if it cost me my job if it cost me my whatever and sometimes it may cost a marriage unfortunately so many people get married to people that they don't even know and they should have done a little more homework a little more due diligence you do more due diligence in buying a television set than you do in marrying a person uh, so there's got to be some changes there. Okay, but but being delivered, here's a, you know, from other, is this a scriptural concept? I, I kind of said, okay, I think this is, but then as we were processing and preparing this, um, the Lord reminded us of the story of David and Saul. Being delivered from other people's demons is perfectly uh, revealed and uh, very, um, very articulated in the story of the, the story between David and Saul, which begins basically in 1 Samuel around chapter 15. But what I'm going to, you know, can, can you summarize the story a little bit of David, Saul, what happened Let there? Let me summarize the story. Saul was anointed. Uh, the people of Israel demanded a king. They wanted to be like other nations. They didn't want to have God as their king, so they just said, we're going to have a king. So they said, well, here looks like a good king. Paul is Saul is tall. He's good-looking, blah, blah, blah. So we'll have him be our king, so he's our king. And then he, God gives him straight commands to destroy the Amalekites. He disobeyed, mm-hmm. and as a result of his, you know, he, thought, he he claimed to obey, but he didn't obey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 then what happened was the spirit of the Lord. It says in First yeah. Samuel sixteen, verse fourteen. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, mm-hmm. and a distressing spirit mm-hmm. from the Lord troubled came him. upon him. So he God swapped out the spirit of the anointing, the spirit of the call, the spirit of favor for a distressing spirit because Saul had disobeyed God. When God said, wipe out the Amalekites, they that was because they were a genetic modification of, of the human genome. They were not authentic humans. And so God says, even kill the sheep, take all their stuff, get rid of it. But Saul thought, no, I'll go- offer God Save the sheep. The best. So he was going to do a good work, cover his butt, and offer God sheep, thinking that would be all right. And God would say, oh, you're such a good little boy. But God wasn't going to back off on what he wanted to be to have done. So Saul fell out of favor. But at the same time, David had showed up in his court by that time. He, yeah, wa- he was a musician. They, they figured out somehow that. Uh, well, well, let's go back to David for a second. He'd yeah. come from the sheepfolds where he had played his harp or whatever he played a long lot during the day. So he was a really good musician because that's all he had to do besides kill the bear and lion and keep the sheep safe was do a lot of music. And so he he was the one that Samuel was appointed to to anoint as king, the next king. Yeah, because he was going to be the next. And king. so God, yeah, God was was looking out for the replacement for Saul. So but they didn't really see, I mean, Saul didn't see David as his replacement. He saw him as a musician that he's, if he plays nice music, 
the the demon, spe- the demon will back off for a mm-hmm. while, and that's mm-hmm. what happened. There was there was that anointed um, music that caused the demons to kind of temporarily back off. But here's the other part of the story. David, as a young boy coming out of the, the, the folds, the sheep folds, one day sent to the battlefront to give his brothers, older brothers, some food from dad. And there was this giant standing there and everybody was ter- terrified of him. And David said, well, I'll kill him. So he did. And he wasn't very old when he did that. He did that with his slingshot. You know the story of David killing the giant. Well, that was in his repertoire. So the Saul did know about that because actually Saul had offered to borrow him his armor when he was going right. to kill that, that giant. And David took it off and said, nah, that's too clumsy. I'll just use my sling and my I'll do what I do the way I do it. And so Saul did know that. So that kind of brought him into the court. Um, and, and at that point, Saul was not quite realizing maybe that David was going to be his arch enemy. However... The people were really starting to praise David for killing the Goliath giant, and and so this was kind of detracting from uh, Paul's uh, Saul, sorry Saul's glory, and so there was a little bit of I think a jealousy animosity going on there, and for sure the demon knew David, so that one day when David was playing the the the, the instrument, what happened? Well, the spirit backed off, and the other time Saul threw a spear at him. Yeah. And so David fled. At that point, now David is on the run. The relationship, the, the love relationship, David really loves Saul, uh, was, was kind of put in heavy-duty jeopardy. So David took off, and from that point, he was tracked, traced. Uh, hunted. Hunted is a hunted, good word. Hunted, hunted by Saul for years and years mm-hmm. in this evil spirit. And, of course, uh, Saul ended up, you know, going to the witch of Endor. Yeah. And for a, a spiritual After he advice, had put, kicked all the witches out of the land, he goes to, he a, goes witch. to a witch. Mm-hmm. So uh, so this is the whole thing. And so, but it, here's the thing is how, okay, David, he still respected Saul. Right. He he said he is he is the mm-hmm. Lord's anointed. He had an opportunity. So, one, of his, one of his advisors one time, while he was, David was being hunted, Saul was, Stay and his men were staying in a big cave, mm-hmm. and he was asleep. And his one of his advisors said, "You know, David, here's your opportunity to to Go kill, kill Saul." Mm-hmm. And he could have done it. Cut his head right and off. He, and he, yeah, and as a matter of fact, he cut off a part of his cloak and yeah. drug it out of the cave to prove how close he'd gotten to Saul yeah, when Saul was sleeping. Right. He says, "Saul, look here, Saul." When he Saul woke up, he said, "I could have done this, but I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really not your enemy." I'm really, I have respect for you. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity Touch to kill you. Touch not the anointing. And the I, anointed. Yeah, I had the opportunity to kill you and I didn't do it. Well, and he, so what did David do to deal with Saul's demons? He cried out to God. He fled. He hid. He ran. He, he was chased. He appealed. He lived in caves. He lived in strongholds. He lived in jeopardy of his life every day. So um, he was, uh, talk about an inconvenient life. Living with somebody's demons, mm-hmm. it can be a, a constant very, danger. Very distressing. It can just move you from pillar to post. Uh, it can be very, very dangerous and distressing. And not only that, distressing and dangerous for you, but also for the people who might help you or comfort you. As David found out when he was being helped by one of the priests, and they gave him some food, and and Saul found out about it and came up later and killed the priest and all of his household. Just, just because he was mad, and so people who, uh, you know, comfort you or aid you can also be implicated in this brutality of the hatred of Satan. 
So David was dealing with Saul's demons um, who seemed to be stronger and stronger in their resolve to kill him and to keep him off the throne. I think that was the devil's real um, motive. Keep him off the yeah, throne. Because he knew. So, but David, as you were saying the story, you know, he could have killed Saul on several occasions and he yes. was under this strong, you know, spirit from God to touch not God's anointed. Don't touch Saul. Don't do what Saul did. Don't take matters into your own hands like Saul did when he reserved the king alive, the king he was supposed to kill, and, and all the sheep taking those matters into his own hands. And so David just left God figure it out. So um, even, even uh, you, know, on a, you know, where there was chances, and it could have looked like, well, maybe God is giving me this chance to kill Saul and get rid of him. It could be my, my golden opportunity. But, but David knew God had said to him, no, 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 don't fall for it. Don't fall for that trap because if you do, you'll be listening to the devil and not me. And so we have to be careful to be patient and abide and let God do it his way, whatever it is he wants to do to separate, protect, deliver. All of this actually, though you may think it's terrible, is actually pretty good for us even so because it's working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And it's the way God is using and choosing to define and refine us as well. But you have to know who you are. You have to know who God is. And you have to be okay with God being in control. And you have to be okay with being af- afraid of him, fearing the Lord, instead of what this other person or people or situations will think or could do to you. Yeah, and if you have you know, someone in your family, a, a family member, uh, that's really you know, demonized, there's uh, many different degrees of demonization. You know? mm-hmm. But they've got something. Maybe they've got a, just a huge anger or unforgiveness mm-hmm. against you, and you've tried, you've done yes, what you could to cried. talk to them. Mm-hmm. You waited. Prayed. You've cried. You've been a victim of their mm-hmm. bad attitude for, or the you know, for, for a year, long marriage for or for years. Ma- long, yeah. The frustrating part of that is, is that is just like there's a time where you can pray and intercede, take authority and bind these demons and cast them out in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if you if you're at the place where you're not able to do that, mm-hmm. you're not able you to cast wisdom. them out. Then you have to live with that or uh, allow the lord to lead you out however he does that yeah he'll give you grace for each time and each day but the thing that he, we need to know is that um it, this is really god's problem and you know we have to let go of them in a way it, it, paul even got so bold in one place uh in uh first or second Corinthians to say, turn them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh that their soul might be saved. And in some cases, I think this is what needs to be done. But you're not the one who's going to do that. You're the one who's going to let go and say, okay, I am trusting in the goodness of God, the justice of God, who loves them as much as me to see this thing through and to preserve both of us, to bring us to uh, out of this grip of the terrible one, because that's really what it is. Um, And that we will both be set free to serve the Lord as we were called. And so you have, this is your faith test, not that you're going to take matters in your own hands, but that you have to trust God. And it's not like, okay, I'm just going to do nothing. I'm going to do everything God says for me to do. I'm going to be quiet when he says be quiet. I'm going to stay, speak when he says speak. I'm going to go when he says go. I'm going to come when he says, it says they, in Revelation it says they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives to the death. So your life that you're trying to preserve by making this other person be nice to you or is, is kind of futil- futility in action because your real, your thing is you're going to be refined and blessed and delivered and healed and, and promoted by the Lord God in, in and through this fiery trial, just like David was. 
And David so, didn't become ang- angry or arrogant. Um, he stayed the course. Yeah, and, and really God uh, took care of it. I mean, Saul ended up committing suicide. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was a tragic end when, when, when Saul died and right. his other uh, sons, some of, mm-hmm. several of his sons died. His, mm-hmm. his, I think all his sons died. They, um, David mourned for right. Saul. Right. I mean, he, he was, he grievous. had a heart broken heart. Yeah. He, he wasn't happy. And heart. he wasn't happy. Oh, well, finally, well, so, you know, you know, did himself in, he had what's coming to him. Mm-hmm. No, he's, he's mourning about that. Mm-hmm. So his attitude, his heart attitude was right. And during, Saul. and during the test, the fiery trial, this went on for years. This wasn't a 20 minute test. I think it was probably, I'm going to guess, uh, he was what, 30 or 40 when he took the throne. I think yeah. he, this probably went on to at least 10, 12 years. I'll, we can do the math, but um, fit maybe longer than that even. But, you know, like you said, he didn't, he didn't rejoice when Saul died. He cried. He, he mourned. Um, and he did not during the time murmur against God. But if you look at the Psalms, if you look at a lot of the Psalms of prayers, oh, deliver me from my enemy, Psalms 4, 5, 6, 9, 10, deliver me from my enemies, blah, blah, blah. And I thank you for delivering me. This, those are all Psalms David mm-hmm. is praying to God during this time. So if you yes. want to get the heart of David during this fiery trial, and you're in a trial like this, start to read those first Psalms where David is really, um, you know, praying, actually crying out mm-hmm. to God mm-hmm. about his his tangible enemy, which was Saul at the time. But you also have an enemy. It might be a demon that's a, a, attacking you personally, just without anybody else's help or, uh, or in intervention you know, you might be struggling with that. So living with other people's demons is like a part of this divine refining process that prepares us for true greatness by humbling us, by forcing us to have to rely on God to deliver us from the impossible situations. So what are the steps, the the steps to deliverance when you are dealing with someone else's demons? Well, let's follow David. First of all, humble yourself before God, trust him uh, with your situation. That's what David did. Okay, really. You read those stories, you'll be encouraged. Um, second, know who you are. Uh, David knew who he was. He knew he had been anointed by God to be the next king. He was fearless. He knew he wasn't going to die because he hadn't been king yet. So he really trusted that. He he knew that when he went up against Goliath. That's why he wasn't scared. He, well, I can't die yet because I've not been the king. So he really trusted in Samuel's anointing him to be the next king. And so he knew he had a future and he wasn't going to die. So he's trusting God. He knew who he was. Trust in the Lord to deliver you. Um, don't take matters into your own hands. Nothing is too difficult for God. Sometimes we're really tempted to take these matters into our Sometimes, not saying you shouldn't flee. David fled. There were times to, to stay and times to go. And there might be a time to leave that man who's abusive and violent. I mean, don't stay if that's what's the case, because, you know, that's not wise. That's not this is not wise. Um, and trust the Lord to deliver you without taking these matters into your own hands. However, God will lead you. If you're afraid to go because you don't have any money, you don't know what's going to happen. You've got a couple kids. You go if God says go and you trust God and he will make a way for you. Okay. You just have to do that. Um, don't take, uh, don't take advantage of any demonic setups to help you or cause you to deliver yourself. Don't take matters. In other words, into your own hands. Um, God is allowing Satan, here it is, God's allowing Satan to test you to see 
if you will take these matters into your Satan is wanting to see if you're going to take his sol- solution, take matter into you, and then he will come back to God and say, well, God, they're not trusting you. They fell for it. They took my solution to go and kill the guy themselves, blah, blah, blah. And so you be a wise to what's going on there because Satan is very cunning. Uh, David, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord like Moses. Um, do not become bitter against God or the person uh, during this waiting time. Uh, most of our lives, we're waiting for something anyway. So learn to use and fill that waiting time with obedience, with uh, obedience, which is the demonstration of our faith in the faithfulness of God. Be busy about the Father's business, no matter if you're a 12-year-old or if you're 35 or 80. Be be busy being faithful uh, and then be ready and be refreshed because your deliverance is sure. There is a, a time coming when you will be delivered. You will not be in this situation. We all think, oh, this is never going to end. Th- this is a, a temporary situation that Satan is trying to believe, cause you to believe is permanent. Um, and then pl- stay in a place of learning to love and forgive daily the persons with whom which Satan is using to buffet you and to destroy you because God is also using them to not only refine you, but to qualify you for um, rulership with him in heaven. That's because he loves us and he wants to refine us. Um, so David was dealing with, this, with Saul's demons. We are dealing with demons. And so now living with other people's demons are, expre- are, are uh, ex- and also uh, one of the other things God showed us is that living with other people's demons exposes our own demons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they're, you know, they're like David was tempted to do, do Saul in. Yeah. We've said it before a couple of times. I was but tempted, but he didn't one fall of his, for it. His top military guys said, here's your chance. You know, and, but he said no to that. So, so that was exposing his own temptation yeah, but but really sometimes to fear. it really exposes yeah it does living with other people's demons exposes your own yeah and it got maybe we should talk about that next surface. time yeah let's yeah. do that let's do it next time we and then and then it up for today yeah and then another part of next time's talk is people don't want to think they have demons you know they don't want to think about that they don't want to admit that so let's do that next time and so let's pray um lord thank you for this time today, Lord, thank you that uh, we are in this world. We're not of this world. We thank you, Lord, that we 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 live with a lot of things, a lot of um, conflict, and uh, a lot of issues that uh, that come to us through other people's demons, demon powers, spiritual wickedness that has entrenched itself in the lives of people around us, and. You know, we live with it. There's times where we can cast these out, and there's times where we just can't. And it's not the opportunity. It's not the time. So give us wisdom, but Lord. Give yes. us wisdom, uh-huh. grace, love, and forgiveness mm-hmm. to walk through this in a right spirit and heart. Give us your wisdom, Father God, and we, as we look to you, as we rest and wait, let us be refined, even in the tri- in the fiery trial that you have called and ordained for us, that we might walk it out with great courage, just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. We want to be like Jesus. And so guide and encourage each one. Give them your, like you said, we prayed, wisdom, peace, and instruction in this fiery trial. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, check us out at liferecovery.com. A couple of things. How about taking the devil to court? Try that one out for a new read for this uh, beginning of the year. And also, we are now offering a Bible study, a Skype, setting captives free Bible study every Thursday night. 
from 6.30 to 7.30. All you need to do is get the link. I think it's on our website. And paste that link into your uh, your browser and you'll be able to find us on on Thursday nights at 6.30 uh, at Skype. We do a recording of it, audio recording, so you don't have to worry about your picture showing up anywhere. Um, and then we, it's interactive, so people can also, we're doing the Book of Romans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just started chapter one. Uh, I think we're just going into chapter two, but I think we're gonna have to back up and do a little bit more in chapter one. It's such a, a rich book. And then uh, the other thing is this Rescue Radio Show, share it with others and get the word out because Jesus is coming back and it is high time we make haste in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.